Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the inaugural episode of Superintendents Unplugged, In-Depth with Davis, the podcast where we'll dive deep into the world of educational leadership. I'm your host, Addison Davis, and I'm thrilled to have you join me as we embark on the inspiring journey together. As a superintendent once myself, I understand the challenges and complexities that come with leading a school district. But what I've come to realize is that there's abundance of amazing work being done by superintendents all across our country. This podcast is a platform to shine a spotlight on their incredible accomplishments and innovative approaches. Each episode will bring you exclusive interviews and superintendents from various districts across our country, both big and small, urban and rural, as they share their personal stories, triumphs, and even their moments of vulnerability. We will explore the strategies they employ to tackle the ever-evolving landscape of education, from fostering equity and inclusivity to embracing technology and preparing students for their future. But this podcast isn't just about showcasing success. It's about fostering a community of educational leaders who can learn from one another, share their experiences, and collectively navigate the complexities of our role. We'll discuss the tough topics as well, the difficult decisions and the innovative solutions that are transforming education for the better. So while you're an educator, a parent, a student, or simply someone who's passionate about education, this podcast is for you. Superintendents Unplugged is your behind-the-scenes pass to the world of educational leadership where we uncover the stories that inspire, motivate, and empower every one of us. Get ready to be inspired, challenge, and entertain as we embark on this incredible journey together. I can't wait to introduce you to the remarkable superintendent who are changing the educational landscape one district at a time. Welcome to another episode of Superintendents Unplugged. I'm Addison Davis, your host, and today I have one of the greatest leaders in educational settings that this nation has ever seen, Dr. Micah Henanosa. Thank you so very much for being here. I really appreciate it. What you've done for current leaders, past leaders, me personally, to be able to build our capacity is is priceless. And, you know, for you being here today to be able to talk about what it takes to be a strong educational leader, so many can listen, learn, and grow from your insight, and they do as you continue to build the capacity of future leaders. So thank you so very much for being here, Doc. No, thank you, Addison. And you have quite a track record yourself. What you pulled off in Hillsborough County is unbelievable. And so thank you for your service to a great community. And so I'm glad to participate. Yes, sir. So as before we get into this, Really cool. 27 years as a superintendent of schools. You know, we, you know, nowadays the longevity, maybe two to three years, yeah. 27 years. How does that happen and where did that happen, Doc? Well, first of all, two things helped me be a superintendent for 27 years. Number one, I was a government teacher, so I understood right. politics. Yeah, that's right. Even though I wasn't a politician, <laughs> I understood how it works. So and important. S- and second thing, I was a basketball referee for seven years. Oh. Everybody's always yelling at you. You can't lose your mojo <laughs> just because somebody yells at you. So you got to get up and keep coming to work because kids yeah. are depending on you. So you have to be smart on how to deal with the politics, yes, but you also have to be courageous about what you st- what you believe in and defend these kids. I yes, mean, sir. you're the last, you're the last stand for them. That's right. You know, really cool. You know, referee, everyone is always <laughs> on that just so you get it. And that's some of the, the uh, territory that comes being a NFL superintendent. These are the big <laughs> leagues. You know what? You started in Dallas, then went to Cobb and came back to Dallas. 
you know, how did that journey, you know, what did that journey look like? And, you know, at home's always home, it appears. And it gave you an opportunity to do some really cool things inside of Texas, in Georgia, then coming back home and really planting your flag in a, in a, in a place that really loved you, cared about you, and just, you know, believed in who you were as a leader. Well, first of all, uh, you never know how to think. I'm very proud to be an immigrant. I I grew up in Dallas. I was a student in Dallas. I was a teacher in Dallas. I couldn't even get an interview for an assistant principal's job in Dallas. <laughs> so I had to learn, had to leave to go learn how yes, to be sir. a superintendent. Yes, sir. And when they hired me back, it was, and, and my dad was there when he, he passed away during my first tenure, but it was great being home. Um, people said, he doesn't have experience as an urban superintendent. I said, no, but I had experience as an urban student and as the urban That's teacher right. and That's coach. Right. And so then to coming back home to my hometown was great. And I had a great run. In the 90s, Dallas was one of the worst districts in the country. They had wow. five superintendents in five years and wow. one went to prison. Wow. And then I come home and I get a chance to be in my hometown and I have a six-year run. And it's great. But then my boys are going to Harvard and Princeton. I got to hey. pay for it. Yeah, right. So I got an <laughs> opportunity to go out of state. And I was able to retire in Texas and then go to Georgia. Yes, sir. And uh, Cobb County was a great school district. Absolutely. Uh, they had two problems. The board members did not like each other. and The media hated them. Oh. So that's why they hate, hired me. Yes, sir. That's all I ever did with board members who didn't like each other yeah, and right. the media. Put them together. You're and the so guy. Once we calmed that down, then they took off again. Absolutely. Because uh, they had a lot of talent in Cobb. And then I retired. Yes, and sir. then um, the superintendent quit abruptly. And so the board members said, who are we going to find for an interim? And I said, hey, they call me. When I interviewed with him, I said, in the host of power of 10. He said, what does that mean? You're always talking crazy stuff. I said, what does that mean? I said, I said I'll be here 10 minutes. I'll be here 10 hours. I'll be here 10 days. I'll be here 10 weeks. I'll yes. be here 10 months. I'll be here 10 years, however long you want me to stay. It's awesome. And so I got to go back home. Who gets to do that? Yes, sir. But it's it's partly one of the, I learned the secret sauce of being a superintendent yes, not until my third superintendency. Yes, sir. It's the it's this triangle. Yes, sir. The kids are in the middle. The okay. board is at the top. Over here is the staff, and over here is the community. And if you get everybody moving in the same direction, you can do this job. Absolutely. But the, you got to have relationships with your board, with your staff, and your community. So for 27 years, I went to schools every Wednesday. Every Monday, I had my senior staff. On Thursdays were board days, and Tuesdays and Fridays were community days. My awesome. calendar was color-coded. So that I could spend time in the right places doing the right thing. I said, people say, you're a superintendent. How can you do that? I said, your job is to do nothing. Your job is to coach. That's your right. job is to build relationships with people who want those kids to do better. Absolutely. You know, you said it well. The triangle is fascinating. And why? You know, it's, it's, it's simple. It's uh, strategic. And it's an opportunity to execute. And those are the major pillars to be able to move staff, board, students, being able to take all in community, taking them in a cohesive perspective and really driving the most ambitious strategies to help children excel inside and outside of the classroom. It's a remarkable story. Now, you had a chance to, to be the leader of the Council of Great City Schools of the Casterly Institute. Talk to us a little bit of what, what is that, uh, you know, how, how do individuals get engaged and involved in that process and why is it so important? Well, first of all, the, re the, re the real why is there are 77 districts in the Council of Great City Schools, and only 14 superintendents have been there since 2020. Wow. So there's been wow. this turn. And then the thing about- I'm sorry to continue. We're contributors. That's right. But the, the great thing uh, about this program is that you don't get to apply. You have to be recommended by someone we respect. Awesome. 
And so, and we're only taking 10 at a time. That's right. And the best of the best. The hardest thing about Harvard is getting in. That's but right. everybody, because everybody's great at Harvard, then they make them greater. That's so right. that's what we want it to be. We, we don't want, you know, some programs will take assistant principals. Some programs will take assistant director in HR. Yes, you have to be a direct report to a superintendent or the head of a major division. Smart. And you have to be recommended by someone we respect. Awesome. And then we build you up. And yes, so there's, there's a great need. And But the, we teach them everything. We start with board relations and we do media and, polit media and politics. Ooh. Then we do what you helped us so much with was uh, talent. Uh, management and labor relations and performance management, That's community right. relations. Right. We finally get to academics after we do <laughs> all of these things because that's what the job entails. Right, and then we do operations and ethics and all that stuff. But it, it, it's very rewarding. You know, to be able to take 10 first round draft picks, you know, <laughs> from around the country, from individuals you care about, you know, that are uh, the best you know, innovative leaders in the, in the space, in the, in the council, Bring them together, create greatest PLP, and you get a chance to see their development. It has to be so rewarding. Yeah, the first time I retired, I made good money, but I was not doing anything meaningful. This time, this is meaningful. So, you know, I love being a yes, twenty-seven. I love every <laughs> moment of it. But now I, I still get to be in the game, you know, and and so it's very rewarding uh, to be able to see these. And if I look back five years. In five years, if I look back, hopefully there'll be 50 people that are doing these jobs and you've helped develop them. Yes, and we've had the best talent in the country come and talk to them. And you did a phenomenal job. But that's what they need. They want to hear from people who are in those shoes. And I told them they're going to learn from the curriculum. They're going to learn from the presenters. They're going to learn from me, but they're also going to learn from each other. That's the power right. of the cohort. Power of the cohort. Well said. And, you know, Building long and strong benefit superintendents is desperately needed. We see that ever since COVID, we've exacerbated so many different elements and exposed items in education and also in our communities where we have gaps and need to be able to address them. So, you know, thank you for being able to, to be that champion of that. For, for superintendents that aspire to be in such a, you know, such an, a distinguished cohort, what's the recommendation for them to be, you know, involved or, you know, being connected to be a part of, of something so special? Because I do believe this cohort just graduating. Congratulations on your first cohort. As they transition, they will be the next elected leaders. For those who are watching what happens to those 10 individuals and watching the professional development they're exposed to, what do you say to those that are on deck in this process that want to be a major part of that? How do they get over that hurdle to be in such a distinguished group to be the next leaders? Well, you have to, first of all, I always talk about three things. I said, the past, the present, and the future. Um, be proud of your past. Absolutely. Never apologize for who you are and where you come from because you're a set of your experiences that made you successful. But in the present, be present. Nothing great happens in the absence of enthusiasm. To volunteer for things that you're not asked to do. That's, That's right. how I got noticed. That's how you got yes, noticed. Sir. Someone, so you, you don't get to raise your hand. Someone has to say, <laughs> look at this person. But you do it with enthusiasm and volunteering. For and always be optimistic. Look to the future with hope and aspiration. Nobody wants a whiner. They want a problem solver. <laughs> so this is the real... Nah, he'll tell you how it is. Yeah, nobody wants to find it. You, you can solve problems like you did in Hillsborough that you inherited, yes, and they didn't want you to hear you whine about what you inherited, but you just took care of business. Yes, sir. That's what they want. Yes, if you sir. do those things, people will notice, and they will recommend you. 
You heard it from the best. Take your shoulder, put it to the wheel, and let's go to work and figure out how to get that car back on the road. So, you know, you, the biggest thing that, that I see is we have individuals that are willing and, and they believe they're, you know, they're willing to be the superintendent. They want to be a superintendent, but it's not ready. And I think it's a lot of them because they're sitting on the sideline working in isolation. This is so important, as you said, for leaders, aspirational leaders to be superintendents to subject themselves in areas where they're most vulnerable. You know, if you're an operations lead, you don't understand instruction. If you are a, uh, if you are a head of finance, you got to understand the mechanics of how the strategic plan of finance go together to do some cool things. So, you know, one thing we talked about is the board, you know, the, 27 years of superintendent goes a long way. You have to be able to interact with the board in a professional manner and really bring them and unite them together the way you did in Dallas Incop. What does it look like for an aspirational superintendent or a current superintendent? Well, first of all, a couple of things. I mean, some people want to be principal, they don't want to do principal. Some yeah. people want to be superintendent, but they don't want to do superintendent. <laughs> so you got to be it and you got to do it. But working with the board, board members hire the ones they like and fire the ones they don't. That's true. If, if, right. if, if they, like well you, said. if they like you, they'll overlook your mistake. That's right. Because you make mistakes all the time. We're human. If they don't like you, they're going to look at every expense report, every email, every every text that you – and they'll find something. That's right. So part of the – it's the art of making yourself accessible, building relationships. And they're not always going to like you, but they'll overlook your mistakes if you if – you, I was once told, and Jose, you're nothing but a hired hand. I said, a hired hand? I'm a well-trained professional educator. I got Absolutely. a doctor from the University of Texas. He said, no. He said, look, we had 35 hotshot young superintendents. And That's they right. said, he said, raise your hand if you're going to retire where you're, sir, where you're superintendent now. Three people raised their hand. And he said, raise your hand if 75% of your board members are going to retire in the community where they're serving on the board. We all raised That's our right. hands. So, see, it's their money, their kids, their schools. It's your job to figure out how to take all of that and make it work. And so I'm one of the only fools I know that I got to pack my own bags <laughs> when I left. I got to pack my own U-Haul. The board never packed my U-Haul That's for right. You know That's what? because you got to learn that art. There are elected officials and you got to respect them. They make mistakes too. Uh -huh. You just got to help you counsel them and head them in the right direction. You know what? First, you said we first started this off is one of the reasons that 27 years of being a governmental educator, a governmental teacher, understanding the policy, the politics of this world. Superintendents have to understand the landscape because if they don't, they'll put themselves in trouble. I mean, and, and I'm, I'm a, a former elected superintendent and a former uh, appointed superintendent. And, you know, I think the beauty is, is understanding where board members are coming from. But as superintendents, you know, you have to understand their why and be advocates of, of their ideas and their opinion to bring them together as cohorts and really do some really cool things for kids every single day. So from my perspective, thank you for always being a great leader. Thank you for always being, you know, inspiring to be into others. I, I appreciate your mentorship. And so many will, will continue to learn and great because of who you are and what you've done. You share your stories, your experiences, and your best practices. So thank you for being a major part of Cease for Change. Thank you for being a major part of the Calico Great City Schools, a lead of the aspiring leaders and the future leaders in the, in the nation. And, you know, I hadn't said that, they, you know, this being one superintendent of the year, multiple times, multiple places, Council of Great City School, you know, Green Garner Award. That is the best urban school district superintendent of the nation. I'm here today with one and only Dr. Micah Hinojosa, 
one of the best ever to be able to darken the doorway for children. Thanks for being here today, Thanks, Doc. Sir. I really appreciate, appreciate you, it. Thank you. Thank you. We'll look forward to, to having the next episode on Superintendents of Unplugged with Addison Davis. Thank you and look forward to seeing you next time.